grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Thank you for your company once again this Thursday night, dear listener. Hope your week is going swimmingly and you have a hot summer night planned at some point over the weekend. Tonight, our queen of the Newcastle drag scene, Timberlina, will be back to dispense her drag therapy advice. Luke and Syndra from Conscious Couples will be talking about holiday sex and how you can make the most of the time off. And Gabrielle, our resident relationships and sex therapist, will be delving into the world of sex with STIs. It's certainly not something that is talked about in polite conversation, but certainly a reality for a lot of people out there and how we might navigate that with our sexual relationships. That's all coming up tonight on After Dark. Some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing, or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. Well, she's here, the queen of the Newcastle drag scene, Timberlina. Welcome back to After Dark. Ah, hello. Thanks for having me. That is no problem. And I must say a very special thank you and shout out. I did watch you via live stream on the weekend, marrying our beautiful production manager, Bonnie, to the love of her life, Cal. And it was absolutely beautiful to watch. And may I just say, I loved that frock. Oh, thank you. It was such a gorgeous wedding. Um, And everyone's like, oh, people don't realise that I'm a celebrant. And that's the funniest thing about my job is, People are like, what? You, you're a celebrant. I'm like, yeah, I've been a celebrant for nearly seven years. Um, so way before I started drag. And it was that wedding was so gorgeous. It was a little bit too hot, but that's fine, especially being drag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you looked cool, calm and collected, and it was such a beautiful ceremony. And, yeah, look, uh, yeah, you'll be doing my next wedding. I don't know when that is. I don't know with who, but you'll be there. Uh, maybe I'll marry my dog. I don't know, but I have to have you as my celebrant. (laughs) Sign me up. I'm there. Excellent. All right. So as usual, we have the tough questions today. So let's dive in. My significant other and I have complimenting kinkiness. Well, that's good. Um, she likes to play the submissive role and I'm into being a dom. When we started discovering this, we played these roles a lot, but our sex has gradually skewed closer to vanilla. I know she would like to do more dominant submissive play and I would too, but I find it hard to start because I feel awkward asking, may I dominate you? How can I initiate more smoothly? Now, yeah, I get what what he's saying here because um, there is a whole conversation around getting verbal consent. So he's feeling awkward about that. And uh, But yeah, okay, what are your thoughts? Correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know much about dom and sub but would you not bring in a safe word because they've already got a safe word why don't they bring in the safe word where they consent to bring that into the bedroom as well so you have your safe word for there's too much going on right now but then your safe word to be like hey we're gonna start this dom and sub kind of thing yeah 
making it really awkward. Well, you know what? When I think about it, the dominant submissive um, play here probably paved the way for the consent conversation because uh, I don't know whether you read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I did. I devoured it. I was a little bit disappointed in the movie. Like Christian Grey was a a lot hotter and, and, you know, more badass in my head in the books. But they did. They sat down and they did this whole contract. Yeah. And so from then on, they didn't actually have to uh, talk about it all the time because they'd gone through every scenario. So maybe having like a, uh, you know, a, a preliminary conversation and writing those things down and working out what the hard boundary is, having the safe word, all of that sort of stuff in place, then you can kind of go, okay, it was awkward, but it's done now and we know what the boundaries are. Yeah, I agree. You, you don't probably need to do a contract like they do in Fifty Shades. No, it was like 50 pages long. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, just having that like initial conversation and then you can get straight into it otherwise from there on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, you know, maybe just surprise her with a new whip or something. Oh. Yep. Get down to Flirt I mean, Adult yeah, Store, they'll sort I mean, you out. Yeah. Exactly, because at the end of the day, he, he said that they were going to vanilla. Maybe they just need to introduce something to spice it back up and get it back on the road again. That's right. Can only take one toy. Mm. Mm, exactly. <laughs> I think we smashed that PS. We did. High five. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. My partner and I have a near-perfect relationship and are so compatible in every way except for one sex. My partner wants it all the time and I could not care less. It's impossibly difficult for both of us, but neither of us want to throw away a good thing just because um, of sex. We talked about opening up our relationship so my partner can get sexual satisfaction and we could still stay together. Uh, Do you think it's a good idea? Polycurious. I just get (laughs) red flags. Um, Yeah. But... So it works for some people. I just know that, like, I'm why I'm way too selfish to open up a relationship. I would start freaking out. But if you're okay with it and you think it's not going to, there's going to be nothing to stop turning into cheating, then I think go for it. But for me, like personally, oh my god, when you were just talking, I was like, uh, right, do it. I yeah, do it. Um, I'm too needy and selfish. So, yeah. Um, but if it works for you, I mean, tr- you can always try. And if it doesn't, you can just be very open with your communication and be like, it's not working. Yeah. Sorry. Well, actually, I have to tell you that uh, the next interview on our show is Luke and Sindra, and they're talking about open relating because it's something that they do. They have an open relationship. Yeah. Um, and we have had this discussion. I mean, no way. Like, I don't – I um, call me selfish, but I don't share my toys. But um, – you know, for them, it works and they have some great strategies around that. So keep listening to After Dark because we're going to actually solve that issue for you in the next interview. But for us, um, uh, if you operate like Timberlinda and I, which is don't touch my stuff. Um, <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Then you should probably uh, work on in the relationship. And then if you have exhausted every avenue, I think that you might be being, dare I say it, a bit lazy. Um, 
you know, sort of going, oh, look, I can't be bothered. Go go eat somewhere else. Um, mm. You know, I think that maybe, you know, that could you could go to some couple therapy or some sex therapy. We have a um, resident sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, on the show. And, you know, she could help you kind of overcome that mismatched libido. And if that really doesn't work, then have the conversation. But I don't think you've explored all the avenues in the relationship just yet. Yeah, 100%. That sex therapist could probably change your minds and like your life forever. Mm. So, yeah, love it. God, we're knocking it out of the park today. I feel like we're killing it today. Look at us go. Oh, look, we are. We are. I still think that we should really set up at Five Sawyers like a um, a tarot reading, except we do sex with advice the with the, the curtains. curtains. to be bright red, though. With glitter. Yeah. Maybe some organza. Oh, organza and like um, sequin. Yes. They come through and it like draws like a big stage curtain. Yes. That's, That's very fitting for us. I wonder how Five Soys would feel about us doing that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we've got square meterage. Um, get out. We need to yeah. get more paying customers in. <laughs> we could do like they have to buy a drink on arrival. We could. We could. We'll, we'll talk to them. We'll talk to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or we'll just do it on stage. Um, okay. All right. Here we go. Last one for today. I recently came out to my boyfriend as bisexual. Even though we are in a committed hetero relationship, it is important for me not to be um, an invisible bi person any longer. He didn't take it well, and now I'm reconsidering our entire relationship. However, we have a really long history together, and I love him tremendously. Is there any way to salvage this? I, that, 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 yeah, um, I'm surprised that he wasn't into it for one. Yeah. I feel like most guys are like really love that kind of stuff, but I feel like maybe you need to have another conversation about it. Maybe he doesn't fully understand. He doesn't fully aware of like that you're in the committed relationship, but you also are attracted to the same sex. Like you don't. I have this conversation. Can I just bring up this? But why is there such thing as sexuality? Why is there such thing as gender? Why is there so many labels? Why can't we just love whoever the if we want? Well, exactly. And it sounds to me like if you wanted to get completely technical, um, she's pansexual um, in that yeah. she loves the person, not necessarily attached to gender. But, yeah. you know, she's in a committed relationship. So she's not saying that she wants to leave the relationship or anything like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think you've just got to um, have some acceptance and just sort of go, look, you know, it is what it is, but I'm not exploring that. I'm in a relationship with you. So chill out. Yeah, like, mate, calm your farm. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't see how it's any different to being heterosexual and um, and saying I like men. That doesn't mean that you're going to go out and um, and hook up with you know different all these different men. It just means just that the, that's what you find them attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's, like, and it's just like, for example, if I was in a relationship and me walking down the street, like, oh, she's very attractive. She looks gorgeous in that outfit. Like I would hope my partner isn't going like, oh, you're checking out a chick. Like, no, I'm just saying that they're really attractive. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We think it's a non-issue. Um, yeah, I don't think it's at all. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we have smashed it this week. Uh, gold star to us. 
And uh, Tim Bellina, thank you so much for joining us once again on After Dark. Ever wondered about Tantra? Perhaps you want to know the benefits of sperm retention. Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples invite you to explore the outer limits of your sexuality on After Dark. Well, here they are for the first time in 2022. Welcome, guys. Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples. It's always a pleasure to have you on After Dark. And I hope you had the best Christmas and New Year ever. Thank you. We're excited to be, you know, we're excited to be in 2022. Let's just say that. Oh, I know. Thank God, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good time. What a ride. What a ride. Yeah, yeah. Usually riding has much more positive connotations than what 2021's ride was. But true. Yeah. True. Let's just hope hope that 2022 is a more enjoyable ride. Yes. Rather than like a roller coaster ride. Absolutely. 100%. Look, I learned a lot of very valuable lessons um, during that ride. However, we're good. I'm good with lessons for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Me too. Yeah. My, me too. I saw this meme and it says, um, they say that God gives you more than you, um, yeah, God gives you, uh, doesn't give you more than you can handle. Um, but, you know, I'm running out of arms. Cut yes. it out, you know? Yes. It was very yep. much like that, wasn't it? Yes. It's like, yes, <laughs> I get it. I'm strong. I'm resilient. Move yep. on. Give me something positive. Yeah, so absolutely. 2022 is certainly that breath of fresh air and thank the Lord. Now, it is also the time when we take some holidays in January, don't we? Because Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Mine. Yes. I'm, I really miss holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I'm fresh off the plane from Queensland and, uh, you know, looking tanned and buff. So um, today you're going to be talking about uh, how we should utilise our holidays and I'll use that as a little bit of a litmus test to see if I did it right in Queensland. Let's go. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we wanted to talk about holiday intimacy because often, like, especially after last year, we're waiting for this perfect opportunity and we have more time and we're going to connect and it's going to be amazing. And we might put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like have the most perfect holiday because it's been such a shit year and all that kind of thing. However, sometimes we get to the end of the holiday and we're like, oh, we had sex like once. And it was like drunken sex after that dinner out at our favorite restaurant. Yes. You know, I wish we'd use that time to explore and play. And like, I know personally, we have the best sex on holidays. We have time. Yes. You know, so we want to talk about how to use that time most efficiently. Yeah. And I think the how to use that time most efficiently is to continue that holiday mindset into the intimacy mindset in the fact that in everyday life, we only have time to be intimate in you know, this slot or if all of these stars aligned. However, when it's holidays, it's holidays. You make it however you want. And even if you're having holidays at home, even if it's just school holidays, even if you're just taking a break from work, then the same rules don't apply. So make the most out of it. Mm -hmm. And when we say make the most out of it, we don't mean like, you know, still trying to fit like a two hour session into a 15 minute time slot. (laughs) It's, can be as simple as like it's holidays. Let's make out in the hallway whilst the kids are in the shower. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, well, let's have, well, it's fun. So whilst the kids are doing their new Christmas Legos out in the lounge room, come into the garage and we'll have a little sneaky pash. Yeah. I love those pashes, those garage yeah. pashes. They're really good. Yeah. 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 Little sneaky, little sneaky pashes and bringing that intimacy in. So like, you know, normally we used to get up really early and kind of like rushing into our day. It's like, let's spend an extra 10 minutes in bed. Like let's, you know, touch each other under the covers. Let's, you know, use this time rather than be like, oh, we have to get up, we have to do this and that and X, Y, Z. It's like, no, let's slow it down yes. and come back to us. You know, we can stay in bed for an extra half an hour. Yeah, and in, in that, like, there's just so many variables that then change up. Like, well, if we don't have to wake up for an extra hour and the kids have got their Christmas Legos to play with, then maybe we can stay up a little bit later and give each other a massage. Like, do you want a head rub? Do you want yeah. a foot rub? Oh, I saw this thing on YouTube where they, like, you know, do this or you know like how would you would it be okay if i like had to try it like giving you a face massage with some oil or mm. you know and we take the same rules away from or oh, we only get like time once every two weeks to have sex so we must have sex yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. change the rules that we've got time every day that doesn't mean we need to have sex every day but maybe we can be intimate every day and what does that look like so it's uh, it could be like drawing a fucking nude picture of each other, like mm, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever comes up is like you've got a whole new block of rules. And by the end of the holiday, maybe just take five and be like, well, what's our intention going back to the real world? Maybe our intention can be to bring some holiday vibes back to every day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, and what I'm what I'm hearing as well is, and we. We are sort of like, we can be overachievers that even sometimes when we're on holidays, we try and schedule every minute of it so that we're giving our kids an amazing experience and all that sort of stuff. But it's also really important to remember that just having unstructured time Mm. is really important and a really good skill for them, you know, to have to stimulate their own brains and come up with their own activities. So maybe we don't need to schedule every second of our holiday in the same way as we would schedule our work week, which then creates space for intimacy. Mm, But it also gives us the chance to recharge because I know, I don't know about you guys, but if I've gone somewhere like overseas or whatever and there's a lot to see, when I get back, I'm that exhausted from all of the things that I've seen during that holiday because it was scheduled so tightly. I don't feel like I had a holiday. Yeah. So, you know, having that um, that space and that time just for connection mm. is um, is a gift and also not being absolutely flogged at the end of the day is also yeah. a gift um, that we really need to capitalise on. And yeah. maybe the lesson is going back into the real world that you set some boundaries around making sure that there is some instructed time, even if it's for an afternoon or a night each week, that there's something free in your week. Absolutely. And that free time breeds creativity because you're like, oh, what could we do? You know, and the kids as well are like, well, going to have to make up something to do. And I love going on holidays and having a bit of a bit of structure. Mm. However, yeah, I think just leaving that little bit of space so you can breathe. So you can have a nap in the afternoon. Yeah, Like, you know, you can have some after lunch sex. Like 
you know, you can have an early night or a late night and kind of like just giving yourself that flexibility and fluidity and everyone just feels like, oh, I can actually breathe, which then gives you time and space for intimacy. Otherwise, you're just like rushing here, rushing there, doing this, doing that. And then you go to bed exhausted. Well, it's like, no, let's plan this in. Yeah. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I've done okay on my holiday. <laughs> Did have some structured time, some unstructured yeah. time. Put it to good use. Thank you. And and I think just going back to like something we said earlier in the year is like fuck first on holiday. Do okay, go through that again. Fuck first I on holidays. You, yeah, yeah, fuck first on holidays. Like before you go out for the big fancy dinner, before you go out to the exhausting day trip, like fuck first. Oh, Get it in. Okay. I like it. I like that yeah. as a strategy. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Get some baked, and then you can relax. Get some, get some baked beans on toast, put a movie on for, you know, the kids or for yourself or whatever, and just take the time to do you first. Like before you do all of the things, before you start ticking all the boxes, then just whether it's sex or whether it's a snuggle, whether it's a make out, like do you first. I but love since it. You're, love since it. you're on holidays, the opposite to holidays is doing everything before you get to chill and do you. Yep. yep. Holidays should be the polar opposite of that. Do you first and then the things. Love it, guys. Thank you so much for your wisdom. I'm sure that if people are heading away on holidays this week, uh, they're going to take a lot out of that. And uh, let us know how you go with your holiday sex, people. You can text us or email us and we welcome your feedback. Luke and Sindra, thank you for our first one for 2022. It's wonderful to have you for another year of After Dark. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Bye. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, <laughs> helps us navigate our way around the bedroom or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? Well, it's my pleasure to welcome back our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie. And today, look, I think it's fair to say that if you are in the dating pool, the waters are fairly murky. There is catfishing to navigate. There is ghosting to navigate. There is a lot of things. But another layer to that is if you have an STI, some people experience a lot of anxiety around dating once they have an STI. And Gabrielle is here to talk through uh, what we can do about that and how to broach it in the dating world. Welcome, Gabrielle. Thanks for having me. Look, I love that we dive into the real topics that really help people on this show. And this is certainly one because... Uh, you know, if you do have an STI, it is a difficult thing to navigate when you start dating someone new particularly, isn't it? Absolutely, because it's it's a lot of people would probably, you know, be turned off if you soon on your first date say, oh, okay, I've got herpes, wart virus, uh, I've had gonorrhea. Yeah, if you do all that on your first date, 
Apparently, it doesn't go down well. <laughs> well, no. I think that might be oversharing, um, you know, as yeah, well as, yeah. you know, you might as well throw in your tax return and, uh, you know, and your, your, your childhood trauma into that as well. I think on the first date, hold your horses, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but a lot of people that have a lot of integrity and want to be honest and don't want to, trick or mislead someone they feel very guilty or ashamed if they can't do that yes so there are ways to do it that are widely accepted and and told by a lot of gps to their patients and you know i mean of course in an ideal world there'd be no stigma yes and people with stis would would just get treated with the same kindness and understanding that people with cancer get treated yes like but there's just ridiculous uh, sexual shaming in our in our society that's been around for a long, long time. That where they make out that if you have an STI, you must be dirty. Yes, you know? and also promiscuous because you must have yeah. slept with a whole heap of nasty people to have contracted yeah, yeah, all an STI. Yeah, nasty, dirty people out there. Yeah, they sound like fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, although I think we're both on the same page there, Gabrielle, but, uh, you know, each yeah, there, eh? Uh, There's lots of different flavours of ice cream. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if, you're, if you're sexually active for 40 years of your life, it's very likely, or even 60 years, it's very likely you're going to have an STI at some point. Right. It's very normal. If you're dead or you're not sexually active, <laughs> or you're asexual and you never want sex with anyone, you won't have a STI. Yeah. So that's the way you need to think about it. Mm. It doesn't mean anything else. It doesn't mean you're dirty or clean or I know people that have got, you know, that have only ever slept with one person and got an STI and passed it on to their next partner, you know. But I know people that, lovely people, good-hearted people that have slept with a thousand people, but they always practice safe sex. And so they've never passed on any STIs. So, you know, uh, those judgments about who's safe and not safe, dirty or clean are just, yeah, they're just, it's not fact-based. And it's interesting. I can see the parallels between uh, people who test positive for COVID at the moment is that, oh, yes. you know, through no fault of their own, they've walked past someone on a walk or they've been in a shop, you know, yeah. and they've caught that and there's this this stigma that, you know, oh, my God, they've got COVID, you know, like, but it could be any one of us at any time. So I think if you put it in that context, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And and people just deserve compassion. Yes. You know? uh, it's just the same as any other condition. Yes. So, um, but because of human sexual shame, it gets all confused. So let me destigmatize it for you. Um, about one in four people, if the stats are still the same, it could be more or less, have herpes. Yes. One in four people have the wart virus. Uh, they're prevalent. They're so common. So, uh, you know, chlamydia is really huge. I mean, Newcastle yes. is when the highest rates of STIs in Australia. We're very loving people. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do remember it. There was a song uh, that was a collective uh, thing that was done by Newcastle Musos uh, a couple of years ago called (laughs) Share the Love. And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we certainly have. We made it pennies. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, look, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, they're they're all around and, uh, you know, the good news is chlamydia, syphilis and gonorrhea can be treated easily with antibiotics. Yeah. However, you know, you need to disclose if you, you know, first of all, the ways around this. So when you start dating someone in the dating world, get to know them first. Try to get to know them first before you jump their bones. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, but if you are just wanting sex, say you're on Tinder and we've made it clear, I just want sex. The other person goes, great, I just want sex. Okay, so then they're pretty sex positive, both of you um are just wanting some casual sex you might have gone through a bad breakup and not be ready for a relationship or anything so you could say to that partner oh before i sleep with anyone new we go get tested are you happy to do that and then we'll both just share our results and you know if there's something we need to clear up or precautions we need to take we will um or there's the other way where people just practice the universal precautions of using condoms and dental jams and minimise the risk and, um, you know, if they don't. So herpes and the wart virus and HIV, they're forever. Yes. Yes. So, so you know, and you can catch them with skin-to-skin contact. So, uh, sorry, you can catch herpes and the wart virus with skin-to-skin contact. So, you know, if you use a condom, you can still get it. But there are other things, those, so people with herpes can go on bowel checks if they have a lot of outbreaks. Mm. Some people have herpes in their system and they never have an outbreak. Yeah. You know, or they've been with partners for years and they never pass it on. So speak to your GP about what works best for you. Um, You can get the HPV vaccine, the human papilloma virus or wart virus. You know, there's ways you can prevent it. I think there's topical trends you can talk to your GP about. And, of course, you'd never have sex with someone when you've got an outbreak. Always check your partner's genitals. Have some lights on somewhere. (laughs) And and check. Um, But some STIs have no symptoms. So, and... um, Chlamydia being one of those, yeah. Yeah, chlamydia sometimes does have symptoms and sometimes doesn't. Mm. But because chlamydia and gonorrhea can make women infertile, uh, yeah, if you do find out you have chlamydia or syphilis, it's very important that you inform your female partners so they can get treated with antibiotics easily um, rather than losing the ability to ever have kids. So... Yeah, that's why disclosing your STI status is very important. Um, uh, In the world of HIV, it's been really hard for some people with HIV in the past to disclose their status because there was so much stigma around it. Um, But they had positive dating sites, so they could meet other positive people. Mm. And the treatments are so good now that people with HIV live the exact same life expectancy as other people. And, yeah, same, they can live a really healthy and sexually active life. So, you know, the stigma has reduced around that. And there's also things like PrEP and PEP you can talk to your GP about. Yeah. Uh, other 
great um, medications for everything have now been invented. So get your knowledge updated with your GP. Yeah. And if they don't know, go to a sexual health clinic because some GPs haven't got across updated. it quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's hep B vaccines uh, to prevent you getting hep B. So another way that people might, when they're dating, uh, yeah, they've practiced safe sex or or you just, they might just spend, you know, doing heavy petting and foreplay, like building up the tension. And then after a few weeks, they might go, look, I think we're, you know, I really want to have sex with you. Um, how about we both get tested first? Um, because, you know, I can't, you know, I find you really sexy. Like it's such a compliment. Focus on that part. I really want to have sex with you, but why don't we both get tested um, and then share our results? So that can be a way that you take the pressure off yourself um, saying, you know, oh, I've got the HPV virus or I've got something like that. So you, you kind of get to know the person, build up the trust. You see if you actually want to go further with this person. Mm. Because some people you might not want to, like you might have three dates with them and go, oh, actually, we're not that suited or there's not enough chemistry. Yes. So it's understandable that you don't want to risk having told them your whole medical history when there is stigma. Yes. So to delay telling that why you're just doing some hot, exciting dates and then then discuss getting tested together or or, or telling them if you are if you are able to tell them just about your STI status, um, I, I think that's excellent because you should not be ashamed of it. Make sure you don't do it in a restaurant in a public place. <laughs> yes, you don't know how they're going to react. Yep. Um, make sure you have some pamphlets about the condition you have. Do it in a safe place, maybe in your backyard at home, or you know, invite them over for a cuppa and say, look, um, you know. I realise I want to take things further with you. I'm starting to get feelings for you and I find you really attractive and, you know, and we've been using condoms and dental dams, but, you know, maybe we'll progress to not wanting to use those. And I want to tell you that I've got um, an STI and give them a pamphlet on it, answer their questions and be prepared to show some empathy if they feel um, upset or or worried or something like that. And you can say, look, I say if it was herpes, you can say, I've been having, um, I'm on Valtrex, which reduces me ever passing it on to anyone else. Uh, I never go near anyone when I have an outbreak, but I don't, I don't, I only have an outbreak once every five years. If I'm really stressed, I've had, um, six partners, long-term partners in the past who've never got herpes off me. Um, even though we've had unprotected sex for years. Mm. So you can give them a lot of reassurance. Yes. But do be prepared to support them because they might have been sexually shamed when they were growing up by their family's belief around STIs. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and also, um, you know, with the condition, obviously, you have the information and the education around it. Uh, so if someone doesn't necessarily have to delve into that pool, they might not have that information. For example, just listening to you then, I didn't know that there was a drug that could suppress the herpes virus uh, to that degree. Uh, no idea, because I've never, I've never come across it myself. So you know, if someone was talking to me, I would need them to explain and give me that information so that I could better understand. So I think, um, yeah. you know, 
if you are carrying an STI, your assumption needs to be that you have more education around it than than the person that you're speaking to and be prepared to, you know, acknowledge that they might be feeling flooded when you first tell them and give them that yeah. information. Yeah. Yeah, and you can say to them, look, I know this is a lot to take. Um, if you need to go away and, and we're not chat for a few days just so you can think about it or do your own research or you can ask me anything you want and see if you want to continue, you know, our growing relationship, let me know. I'll be really sad if you don't, but I totally understand. And most people um, do continue to want to have sex with each other. Yes. So it's never stopped the human race having sex when you've got STIs. If someone likes you enough, they will find a way. Yeah. Just jumpy birds. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. And just one last thing I'd like to add is that if you do find out you have an STI and you want to do the right thing and tell your current or former partner, but you're worried that they might react in an unsafe way, they might be pretty volatile or they might have some mental health stuff or if there's any DV, domestic violence or emotional abuse, then there are services that um, help you do the contact tracing. They might um, text that person from your that service so you're anonymous and mm. let them know that they need to get checked for this STR. So you can ask your local sexual health clinic if they do that um, so they can get a text and you can help the community stay safer, uh, but you are also keeping safe. Excellent. Gabrielle, that is absolutely amazing info and will help a lot of people out there. And on either side, if you are carrying an STI or you are interested in someone who does have an STI, I think this is a really important conversation to bring to the table. And I thank you once again for being our resident sex and relationships therapist on After Dark. So happy to help. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark right here on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, we hope that as always, we've provided an educational and slightly cheeky show for you tonight. I'll be back same bat time, same bat channel next Thursday night at 8pm for more saucy content on After Dark, the stuff that's just a little bit too hot for daytime radio. I've been Louise Wilkinson and thanks for listening to After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton.